0: Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright Mark Antony Rossi. In this, our second year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado... Here is your host... Hi folks, and welcome back to Strength To Be Human. This is your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet, playwright, host of this show. We're moving on now to episode 146, How Evil Words Reduce Civil Behavior. Now, I know it's an unusual title, it might even uh, sound uh, a bit political, or possibly even social, and I'm sure that it's going to kind of cross into that now and then, not on purpose, that there are some things that do intersect, and I really can't help that. But quite frankly, there are certain words that we could use in in, in polite society, so to speak, that are unacceptable. And when they're used on a regular basis, especially if they've been used in a in a way that, that's seriously damaging or just incredibly degrading, it can also slip into the art, too. So <clears throat> that's really the, the purpose of this type of show regarding those type of words is... How it does that. Because oftentimes our language, especially when things become, I wouldn't say acceptable, but at least uh, passable enough that folks can actually feel some justification for this. And I'm going to show you in my show how there is no justification for it, no matter who you are. This can cross into writing. Remember, this show is not just about literary stuff, we also do things about the arts in general. Whenever we can and wherever we can make it broad, we will. In this case, it needs that because it'll be about uh, people in the writing. Uh, you'll, you'll notice it in the arts, uh, uh, music, uh, film, and, and television as well. So we're going to be talking about how the words and how they can reduce civil society. Okay? Or well, in this case, uh, civil behavior. Now, understand I'm going to have a number of categories. There's a couple in each, and we'll go over it to, together to, to understand better. Anybody that knows me, or knows this show, or even knows any of my writing, I don't play a political correct games on anything. I just don't. I just don't believe in that sort of nonsense. I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm not going to go right by somebody's philosophy, somebody's ideology, whatever. It's always about what I think, and when I, what I feel, and what I actually practice, There's nothing on this show or nothing I tell you about that I don't practice myself. Part of the show, which is this will be the first time ever, I'm going to also talk about uh, these words as a a person, as a veteran, and and also as as a father. Because sometimes these things cross over into child-rearing. And and, and so I have two, uh, you know, grown boys right now. I don't want to need these words. But I understand as much as how I'm going to relate this to you on the show, I relate to them that... Uh, me uh, uh, disguising the words that are out there or hiding them from them or, or, or just trying to tuck them somewhere in the attic or the closet. Well, that's not going to save them from reality. They're going to still encounter this junk in schools and in, in the media and, and elsewhere. So it's best that they understand this is what this word is and this is what this word's about. And this is why you need to not participate in that. You know, if we're going to boycott anything out there right now in this world, let's boycott things that are, that are extremely hateful. Words that just don't have any real use in our language other than to just simply ruin somebody in one fashion or another. And we'll talk about the various ways that can get done. Because now with technology, you could do things that are that, that not what, like what you could do 50 years ago and still harm people. We literally got people committing suicide after getting notes through, through the internet. What they used to call um, cyberbullying. I think it's being called something else now. Uh, but I, I still call it cyberbullying because it is a form of that. But, you know, it's definitely a form of, uh, you know, of, of evil harassment. And we'll talk about that as well, okay? So we're going to have a couple of categories here. We'll have one about gender. Then we'll have one about uh, sexuality. Uh, we have another one about disability. And then we'll, we'll wrap up the uh, the last one here on, on race. So we have uh, actually four categories. I've identified four real areas in our life in arts and writing, etc., where words are used that, that it can really harm people and like I said because I'm not somebody that's politically correct we're going to talk about these things there are instances though, where not only because of the network rules regarding profanity and bigotry but also there's some things I'm not going to repeat so there'll be some words that I'm just going to say like uh, in the instance the b-word we know what that is or the n-word we'll be talking about that in the show as well and that's how I'm going to refer to it we're all grown-ups here. We know what that means. I don't need to actually spell it out. There are other words I do need to actually say and, and, and spell out. And we'll explain why and and, and explain the, the dangers of those as well. Okay? I so just wanted to put that out to you because I know it's an ironic thing to have to navigate. I want to talk about these things and how detrimental they are to society. But at the same point, I do have rules in the network. I do have my own personal rules. I can't go around telling my kids not to say something and then I'm then I'm saying it. So... Even for them, I explain to them the nature of the show and what I'm going to try to do here and, and what I am going to do. And hopefully folks understand. If they don't see why or how I'm navigating this, I'll do my best to explain it and then I guess I'll leave it up to you. The way society has been gone lately, uh, I'm sure there'll be people complaining no matter what I do. But too bad. I'm going to talk about these things because I think they're necessary to talk about. And this is a, a goodest time as any time. In fact, I, I quite frankly think it's a perfect time. And the reason I think that is because, on a social level here, okay, we got an election coming up here in a couple months. Where no matter who gets chosen, okay, these issues are going to continue on, which means that we still need to figure out how they're going to get resolved. And I don't like how they're seeping into the arts. So that's one of the reasons I'm going to be talking about the show. Is my wife's uh, my own way of putting my foot down and my own way of protesting. Some of this junk should not be perpetuated. I don't want, and I'll tell you that really clearly right now, so you could take it as a political statement if you want. I don't really care. But I don't want Hollywood preaching to me about certain things and then doing the opposite. I don't want to hear that nonsense. Okay, you shouldn't be doing it either, period. And we'll talk about that as well. So let's go on to the first one here. Uh, It's going to be under the category of gender. And there's a lot of... um, I guess you could say negative or hateful words that, that can be used against women, okay? I could be listening to them all day long over here, and I don't really think that's really helpful and necessary. I think this one word will cover all of it, because you'll understand the, the thinking behind it. And that's the word, the B word, okay? B I C C H. that's the word. Um now, understand something. I'm not advocating that any of these words be stricken from the dictionary, although there might be a couple that are really close to doing that, and I might even just dis- <laughs> barge over and say that. This wouldn't be one of them, and one of the reasons why is because, obviously, as much as you have words that are hateful out there, or even terms that are hateful, you know, we still have a dictionary, we still have a free speech, and we, have, we still have folks that, regardless of whether we don't like it or not, you, you can't go around robbing people's words out of their mouth. I'm going to say about why they shouldn't be used and hope that helps educate people, especially people here that don't really say that they're into these sort of hateful things, then they shouldn't be saying that. Does this mean I'm going to rage people that say this on a regular basis and, and hate people? Probably not. They probably don't even listen to the show. Oh well. Maybe one day they might. Maybe one day it'll catch them off guard. I don't really know. But I do, need, I do know it needs to be said because oftentimes, and you'll learn from this show, you got a lot of well-meaning people. People that are not in some hate group. People that are not going around like trying to harm people or, or simply sit all day. I mean just think of a new way to hurt somebody's feelings. I mean there's a lot of people that don't do that. They still participate in a lot of this nonsense not realizing that it, it can be hateful and it can be hurtful and, and it's simply not helpful to a, a civil behavior or, or even a civil society. So that word definitely isn't and one of the things I don't really like about it is simply this. We don't need politics. Okay. We don't really need morality and we don't need religion to tell us some of the basic things that we know about life. Women represent half of the world. And if we're all being honest with ourselves as men, okay? Just talking to men right now, alright? They're instrumental in our lives, okay? Oftentimes we get a lot of our values and a lot of our, uh, our maturity and even a lot of just the nurturing that helps us become more a civil human being from our mother and from our aunts and from our grandmothers. People that we revere in our lives. So it makes to me, it always makes no sense. Not to mention I feel that it's a deep betrayal to go out saying the B word. Because you don't like the way a, a woman acts. Or you don't like the way a woman says something. Or you go into a workplace and she's bossy. I don't even know what the hell that woman, what those even words means. Okay, uh, yeah, She is the boss. What the hell does bossy mean? A guy can't be bossy? If I'm the boss and I've been the boss plenty of times, believe me. You'll be doing what you're told. It has nothing to do with bossy or not. So but there's no word for a guy for that, but for a girl, they gotta call her the B word. So me, I, I not only do I think it that is it's plain derogatory, it, it it really it really seeks to try to lessen somebody from who they are. They can't be less of a woman just because for some reason you're not comfortable. For some reason you're not secure. Get secure then, okay? All right. If you have a problem with the size of your penis, I don't know why that's her problem. Why is she supposed to be punished because you, you think your your a is too small? Go figure that out on your own. Don't take it on a woman. OK, they got medication for that. They got doctors for that. They even have surgery for that. Go get that handled then if that's your issue. Otherwise, you need to grow the hell up. Because they are a a major part of our world. They're a major part of your life. So don't betray those ones that you love that taught you so many things and go out there and act like a complete fool. And this is what bothers me about that because that's normally the case. I can't tell you how many guys have been around that they'll say all this nonsense to me like I'm supposed to somehow high-five them and say, yeah, that's right. And then they're telling you about how great their mother is. Really? Your mother's not the B-word, but this girl is. Somebody you know for five seconds. That's great. If you call them on it, and God knows I've done it a few times, especially when I was in the military. Suddenly, you're like I never really thought like that. I know, "That's the problem. You have a damn dot at all." So I don't know what the hell you're thinking with, but you're certainly not thinking with your brain, or thinking with any kind of common sense, or any kind of sense of fair play at all. Now, guess what, folks? You can have a woman as a boss. That it might not be, it might not gel with you. You don't have to be a sexist to say that. You don't have to use the B word to say that. You could just simply say, this one isn't working for me. All right, then. Either you figure out some accommodation, or maybe you just need to go on to another job. It has nothing to do with that person in terms of their gender. It could have to just be with their personality. That's common. That's life. We're going to deal with that all the time, no matter what person they are, okay? Gay, straight, black, white, girl, boy, whatever. It's going to happen. When you grow up old enough as me, you've gone through a number of jobs or even a number of careers in your life, you're going to have all kinds of folks. And you hope that from the good and from the bad that you learn from those folks that when you become a person in charge that you get, you can see some of this crap coming. Sometimes, in my case, I can see it a mile away. I, I mean, I, I used to be a man, a manager, a manager for a bank. And I used to have to tell, incredibly enough, I had a bunch of women that was working for me. I had to literally tell the, the, the guy that I was, I was hiring, I go, are you going to be comfortable around women? Because I can't have you going on talking nonsense. I can't have this place disrupted when folks need to be concentrating on on money, They need to concentrate on their job, concentrate on security of the situation. So this isn't a dating pool. This isn't a dating service. This is not a place for you use stupid words, uh, uh, off-color jokes, or any damn thing else for that matter. You're here to do a job as well. Guess what? They, almost all of them outrank you as well. Are you gonna be okay with that? I, I'm always, I'm always shocked when, when people actually tell me in candor. I'm not really sure. I'm like, what the hell? It's it's the year twenty twenty. You're not really sure. I, I'm just, it's. I'm still amazed by that. I don't know what the hell we're doing in these families to prepare young men for going out to the, in the world. I, I, especially when you have a world that's going to be full of women that you're working with. Some of them are going to be your boss. I, I got used to that because I went when I went into the Air Force in the military. I started uh, uh, working with women, and I started working with women that were uh, in, in some cases my boss too. It was just around the time when women in the military were starting to move up in rank, to where that was actually a a, a first time thing or, or something very new. It took a while for some, for some folks to get in, to get used to that, you know. And later on, when I became in charge of my unit, I have to tell the guys, hey, you realize that our, our lieutenant. Our unit commander here is a woman, right? So, you acting like a moron on these issues. Not helpful. <laughs> because you're going to have to get eventually dragged over for her. What do you think she's going to have to say for you? Hmm? So, time to grow up. I, so, I really I just don't understand it. I really think that... I, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm, I'm using a generalization and that's fine. But uh, from my own experience of dealing with men versus women... It always seemed to me that the women were more prepared for the workplace in dealing with men than it was the men in the other way around. So I don't know what kind of family they're coming from. I don't even know if, if families are preparing their young men to 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 uh, operate the, in, in a new world where they not, might not be in charge. They might not be somebody that could take a while for that to happen. We have a lot of women ahead of them. I mean, I just don't know what they're doing. I don't understand. I just don't get it. I really don't. It just seems like they're getting a pass, and it's the women that's getting all the instructions. So it's just, we, we need to do better. I know uh, myself, on a personal basis, you know, uh, outside of this show, I got I got two young boys, and uh, this is the sort of stuff that we talk about on a regular basis. Because it's important. Because they're still, de- they're still living in a world where most of their teachers are going to be women. That's still a fact to this day. I know there's men as teachers out there, don't get me wrong, but... Since I was growing up to now, the majority of teachers are women. So there you go. That's a good way right there besides your, your grandparents and your aunts and your mother to, to understand that there's a woman in charge there, a professional person that you have to learn to respect because that person is helping you become somebody educated that one day can go out there in the world. Another good example of, of a woman as a woman, so to speak. So it's important for them to understand that. And I, I teach them that on all, all different levels because I really think it's important. I'm not, I'm not so old-fashioned that I'm supposed to be producing gentlemen that are coming out the house and opening up doors for everybody. I, we don't even have that kind of world where that's even allowed. You know, last time I opened a door for somebody, the woman gave me a dirty look. <laughs> God knows it was from the heart, but still. So, I mean, sometimes I literally just do that for senior citizens or something because, you know, that's the kind of world we're in. And people just get carried away with that respect still is important, but you got some folks that don't want that. But I still think it needs to be offered and that's pretty much how I train my other children. So there you go. With that category, gender, the, the B word. Not a word that should be used at all. There's plenty of other descriptions that you can give somebody, especially if you don't feel their, their work strategy is the best. Well, sit down and talk to them. Be a man. Be a, Be a mature person. Be a professional. You don't need all these stupid terms and all these ridiculous stereotypes if it's business is business hey I think about this what do you think about that hey you might might be a situation where you can do anything other than work get some experience and go on to something else that's what other people have to do too doesn't mean that the person's going to agree with everything you're doing but putting someone down especially in that fashion not only is it, it, it is a dopey no-no thing but quite frankly you don't get yourself anyway. You, you get that used to that attitude and you get used to that kind of terminology. Well, you're going to have a hard life ahead because women are not going to disappear just because you're not comfortable. So, I guess you need to learn to get comfortable or learn some respect. Uh, you, you're going to have an unusual, uh, clustered life because that's not going away. Okay, next. Sexuality. Definitely uh, one that can be uh, interesting in terms of some of the words that can be used. Now, We'll, we'll do it in, 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 in like three different sections, okay? Uh, I can't do every every single section that's out there. And quite frankly, where it concerns people who are bisexual, I, I, I haven't even found any real terms that are actually that derogatory that can like harm a person who's bisexual. There really isn't too many. There's some jokes, but there's not really any terms. So I'm not going to use that one in this thing. Maybe somebody email me and say I found one. Okay, great, but I can't even find one, okay? So we won't use that one, but we will use... The uh, lesbian one, the gay one, that means the men, and, and the, and the transgender uh, one, or as they used to call it, transsexual. I'm not really sure if that's really supposed to be a negative word. It might be just more of a medical description or something. But uh, transgender is generally what's being used, and I don't have a problem with that, so we'll go with that. Those are the three subcategories in the sexuality one, okay? Now, for some unusual reason, okay, because this happens, it's not going to happen in all these categories, but it's happened more in, in, in sexuality where it concerns um, lesbians and gays. A lot of the terminology and a lot of the what supposedly was the hateful, the derogatory terms, I don't know if they got overused to death or if, because you hear this sometimes, well, we took that word back and, and made it less harmful or less hateful sometimes that could be done sometimes I'm not really too sure that's that's accurate or if that's really happening okay it could just be an opinion but it might be closer to sexuality in some of these things because I remember growing up when you would say somebody uh, a girl that that was that was lesbian you know you're a lesbo they used to say that all the time I don't even know if that's a derogatory term anymore and I'm not advocating on the show yeah let's go use that but I don't even, I think, if I literally think if you call a lesbian a lesbo, they're probably going to laugh and say, yeah, okay, uh-huh. Next, what else do you got? Really, that's it? Get the hell out of here. I mean, really, it's stupid. uh Dyke, again, I can't even see that, that negative stuff in it, really. I mean, I hear that a lot. In fact, I hear a lot of uh, lesbian women call themselves that. So, I, I again, I don't like the word. I don't encourage anyone to use it. I, I really don't. I mean, it what's so difficult about saying she's gay? She's a lesbian, you know. Or like my mom used to say, she likes girls. He likes boys. That's how she used to refer to stuff like this. Make it really uh, accurate, and, and and I don't want to call it innocent, but accurate and polite. I guess you could say, or accurate and you know respectful, because really that that's what it is, you know. And it only makes uh, uh I I feel. A, a, a big difference if if you're trying to say that in a bad way then, he likes boys, you know, that's a bad thing and blah, 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 and, and do, 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 do then, then it can be an issue. Otherwise, you know, I think it's a pleasant way of going about things, especially if you got somebody that's like a girl action you. Hey, what's up with your friend over there? I don't like him. Well, that, you know, he likes boys, okay? Oh, uh, okay. And that's it. I mean, just a way to say somebody, don't bother the guy. He's into guys, okay? I don't think anything wrong with that. So, now, I know there's certain terms and even certain jokes that people use for, for, for gay people. And especially and lesbians, obviously I'm not going to report them on the show. And that could be used in a hateful way. But in terms of words, there really isn't too many. And I really think that these words that I just mentioned to you, they tend to be used more for the youth, where this becomes more of a damaging thing. Because I think when you're a grown-up uh, gay woman, you're not impressed with this sort of stuff and you're just going to laugh it off and it bounces off and that's the end of it. But when you're somebody younger, you're coming up in in terms of I just came out or I'm just trying to understand this or explore this or whatever. Well, those words can be very harmful because they can be used in a cyberbullying way to harm uh, young girls that are coming up that maybe can cause them to commit suicide or go into drug use or run away from home and things like that because those can be used when you don't really understand what that whole thing's about, being being gay. So that is why I don't want to encourage them at all because I, I think in that way they can be uh, quite dangerous and, 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 and evil because whenever you're using words to put somebody down or in this particular case to to simply er- erase them from society, you know, <laughs> you're just a lesbo, <laughs> whatever, go die or whatever. I mean, that's what people say and, and this cyberbullying stuff. I mean, that that's a harmful thing and and that's, that's something that, that word can be used when somebody is young and, and impressionable that way. So this is why we want to try to stay away from that and, and try to make sure that we have children that can stay away from that as well, so that they don't incident, accidentally or otherwise get involved in something like that and harm somebody that 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 needs, if not encouragement. I mean, because I mean, I'm sure there's parents out there that they don't really hate gay people, but they don't understand what the hell to do. Maybe they got to go find somebody to help them through this process. But using stupid words is not going to be the one to do it. So, And it's really the same thing with uh, with the gay situation here on the sexuality category. I mean, it used to be when I was growing up, if you said somebody was queer, that was like the, a real derogatory term. Oh, psh, that guy's queer. You didn't mean that in a good way. Now it's like, uh, queer for the straight guy, and queer this, and queer that, and da, da 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 You know, the, the guy from REM, the, the vocalist, I'm, I'm queer. So, I mean, it's talking about something, taking something back. I mean, it, it doesn't even have any negative power anymore. I still think, though, that when you come to youth, it can be used to harm people. But more times than not, they're using other words, you know, like that, like, like the fag word. They'll, they'll use that, you know, in cyberbullying against the young gay people. And as you know, we've had some that have committed suicide or, or have been beaten up or harmed or, you know, trapped into some things to get them to harm them physically. This is ridiculous. So those words can be used against people like that. that can be impressionable who are young and gay. But I really think that words like um, uh, "homo" just means homosexual. As an adult, they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. I, I, yeah, I'm gay. You know. And I, I, I'm probably. I still think, although that 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 the word the word "faggot" is probably not the best thing to be using because it doesn't mean anything good at all. Even though it means there's a bunch of sticks in the literal term of it. It's it's just it's just completely dumb. It's still a hateful term though, but I really don't think that if someone uses this term that you're gonna suddenly have gay people who are adults, you know, lose their mind or jump off a bridge or anything. I'm um, I'm sure they've heard that stupidness before. So for some reason, a lot of the words haven't really, I just, they haven't really cemented against gay people as a youth as much as it's it's when they became when they were younger. Because as an adult, it didn't seem to have the same impact any longer. You know, um. And then you have some other some other words, and, and I, I certainly don't want to exercise them from the dictionary, and some of them can't even be exercised from a language, because if you call somebody a a, a a fairy, I mean, obviously you mean something negative, but it's also a legitimate word in writing. You know, there's fairies in all kinds of fantasy stories. You know, um, sissy, of course, it's a stupid word. It, it means that you're acting like a girl, which... I feel uh, you might have more problems than just being a, a, a bigot because <laughs> if you're saying that the gay guy is acting like a girl and, and if that's supposed to also be negative, so what are you not saying? You're saying that you hate women and you hate gay guys? Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> you got you got double problems there, buddy. <laughs> you really got issues over here. You don't like women and you don't like gay guys. What do you like then? Cats? I don't understand. You're confusing Anybody here with that kind of nonsense? I think if people listen to their words sometimes and really understood them, they probably say, Wow, I, I sound like a complete moron. Uh, yeah, we agree. So, how about you cut that nonsense out? Well, I think a word like fairy obviously uh, can still be used in other ways. Uh, words like pansy, it's kind of a weak person or, or a sissy. You know, I, I don't really see them being used in anything ever positive, or even in, in, in literary stuff. So they're obviously used to try to uh, take somebody down. These words, of course, can be used, uh, except I said, in cyberbullying, if not more. And and we have to be more more careful with them. I don't like that in many cases uh, parents don't take this sort of stuff this seriously. And, and it's the reason why people get more involved in this kind of language is because they don't always have families that either agree with this sort of thing. I mean, because you could be in a religious family and literally say, "Listen, I I don't believe that that uh, the gay um quote lifestyle unquote you know is according to my values." So I'm I'm not gonna have my child you know high five that. Uh, that's still a controversial position for people to take. But I I, I respect as somebody as as a religious person can have that position and still make sure that their child is not becoming some kind of a bigot so if they're not using bigoted language they're not over there trying to you know put people down or, or stop people from living their lives but they they personally believe in their life that this is they don't feel, feel this is proper and because of their religious upbringing I, I think the two can be compatible as long as you're not trying to harm or hate somebody I, 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 think it's, I think it's legitimate to have that sort of position. So I don't have a problem with that. I, I think it's a bad idea for us on any of these words or any of these categories to go around trying to force everybody to, to agree and, and to live our mindset. We do live in a free society, and we have to keep that in mind. And Sure, we're talking about things that we'd rather not have people do, but the first way for someone to not do something is for you to do your best to educate about why this is a bad thing. Here's the background. Here's the reasons. Consider this. Da-da-da. Is it an overnight transition? No. But guess what? I've seen people in all of these categories, by the way, that pulled from this and said, wow, this is not the way I like to talk and live anymore. I got children coming up. I need to go to something different. And, and sometimes parenthood changes people, believe it or not. Other times, people just get old enough and say, you know, I need to stop saying this crap. It's just stupid. And, and that's important. It's not only a sign of maturity, but it's a sign that you want to try to enter the society as a a civil person or help add to its civility rather than than take away from it because we already got way too many people doing that. All right, um, those words, like we just mentioned, don't seem to have as much impact unless it's a youth person on the gay front. But the transgender one does have some stuff there, okay? Because when people call trainees when they're a transgender, you know, they're definitely talking about somebody that they feel, in many ways, is less than human, and that's it's it's disgusting for someone to think that way. If I mean, if you just think about it, just from a, a purely logical, and then we'll talk about the medical, just a purely logical standpoint. Who the hell do you know that wakes up one day? You know, I uh, I've been a man for twenty nine years, and you know, I I I definitely want to go around and be a woman now. I can't wait. I can't wait to uh, change my body with drugs and surgeries. And I I can't wait to uh, come out this way in in front of my family and in in front of my church. And I can't wait to figure out how I'm going to get another wardrobe and how to learn all the things to be a a woman on. Doing my hair, doing my makeup, doing my shoes. I mean, I don't know if anyone realizes or not, but being a woman is a pretty complicated thing. It's not as easy as a man. That's why I wonder why we're so anti-women in many instances. That's a harder job. It really is. You know, I wouldn't want to be a woman, and I'll say that in a, in, a, in a way like there's something bad with being a woman. I'm used to the easier <laughs> for being a guy and all that stuff you got to do. Just thinking about it, thinking about it for a moment. Oh my God, that's a lot of work. Who the hell would want to do this as a lifestyle? Nobody really. You talk to these people, or you hear their stories, or you hear interviews about them, or interviews that they gave, they make it pretty clear. That they've been feeling like that for a long, long time. They, They want to finally get through it and get it over with so they can live the life that they feel they should have and have the happiness they should have, which they don't feel they have because they feel they're trapped in the body they shouldn't be in. Is there some psychological slash chemical side, biological thing that could be going on? Yeah, it's a real possibility. We see more and more from the research that Uh, uh, Gay people are born that way and we've seen more from the Canadian research showing that the brains are different. So people are born this way. It could be that they're born this way as well. And now they have to get over to the other gender for them to fulfill who they're supposed to be in the first place. I don't have a problem with it intellectually or medically. It kind of makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense is this. Why the hell would you even care? (laughs) Why does it matter to you that you got to be hateful? Calling them trannies. Oh, my favorite one, he-she. That's just a he-she. I don't know what it is. It's an it now. This is the problem. When we start using the language against people like this, he, she, you're making things more confusing than it has to be. Because I don't know if you ever met somebody in transgender before. I've met a couple of people in the arts and in just in life in general. They tend to be uh, very mature people. They tend to be people that are quite sensitive about things. And they also tend to be people that are very candid about things, you know? They'll tell you what's going on. It's not like it's hard to understand. Hey, I'm in transition right now. I'm not completely there yet. I had one guy tell me that. He, I mean, he literally was outside of the bathroom at, at a store. And he said, you know, I'm in transition. I, until I'm done, this is really the bathroom I have to use at the moment. I, I don't want to freak anybody out in, in the women's bathroom. But sir, I don't want to go in there until everybody's gone. I just want to use the restroom and then leave. I understand you have children, so if you can have everybody done and let me know and then I'll, I'll I'll use the place. That's literally what the guy told me. And I'm saying guy at the time because he was referring to himself as a guy and he was using the, the men's restroom. So this is what he asked me to do. This is how he referred to himself, so therefore I follow along with that. I understand that sometimes people want to use the, the female restroom for this because I don't know. I don't know if that means that they finish the transition or not, or maybe this is just a choice they make, and, and and how complicated that can be sometimes. I can just imagine. This one for me was a little bit more straightforward, and I did exactly what the person asked me to do. I didn't really find it that inconvenient. In fact, if anything, I was I told my I appreciated him, kind of giving me this information. Cause I think he realized, amongst other people who who transgender gender, that realize that sometimes folks might feel uncomfortable with somebody who has high heels on and a dress with a, with a wig, okay, standing at, at, a, at a men's stall peeing with the kids next to him, and it looks like a woman. Yeah, that, that could be unsettling. But it's not a hard thing to get through when you talk to people. This is what we do. You communicate with people. It doesn't seem so scary. It, it, it seems pretty clear then what the person has to deal with. Imagine how complicated that must be for them. Trying to do the right thing in a society that wants to make them something else. They're trying to go to someplace else and they're trying to get there. I don't know why we need to put robots, and I don't know why we have to be hateful. Does it mean that we need to fully understand everything that's going on? No, we might never. I can't tell you that I completely understand everything because they don't. But what I do understand is this. I shouldn't be doing anything to harm them. I shouldn't be anything doing anything to make fun of them. And quite frankly I, I make sure that my children do the same thing. Do my best to try to explain to them what's just passed by. What's just going on? But these stupid words, they purposely make it more confusing than it has to be. So they might think that this word is he, she. And by the way, in the African American community, this word is almost considered acceptable. But it's just not acceptable at all. I don't care what community you're from. It's not a good thing. A person will give you a good idea of what's going on and you just sort of like use some common sense from there. And if you don't have any common sense in this matter, how about just some common decency, okay? Because that's what I did. I just had some common decency. I remember my wife pulling up later on when this was all going on. She goes, what, what's going on? I said, I'll tell you a little later. Let me just get this over with. And we did and that was that. And I explained it to her and she goes, okay. And that was that. I, I, it wasn't terribly complicated. But calling people these dumb names, that doesn't make a lot of sense. They, amongst all of the um, the various facets of the uh, gay community, the bisexuals, the gays, the lesbians, I think they have the most that they have to deal with. I know in Atlanta and other cities, you literally have people there that are being murdered just because, and they find their body someplace just because they're they're they're, they're transgender, doing whatever they're doing, walking down the street or whatever. I don't know. Are they supposed to hide themselves until the t- surgery is over with? I mean, it's crazy. We, we shouldn't have that kind of world. Uh, what the solution is, well, other than you know having bigger hearts over here and, and using some common sense, which I only could do so much about that on the show, I say our, our, our language usage, and this is what we're talking about on Evil Words. It makes no sense to use these words. If you want to be confused, be confused, but you don't have to use confusing terms or be hateful. You know, and I'm, I'm always disappointed when I often hear people say these things and they're usually the same people that, that would have problems. In fact, I had somebody in this particular situation joke later on to me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, sir, you're black. So I, I, I know for sure, unless you could tell me something different here, that if someone says some of the stuff about you, that you'd be extremely offended. Probably hollering to the manager of the store. But somehow this person is supposed to cower. They're supposed to run away. Why can't they have their face in the public? Why can't they have their day in the, in, in the sunshine? Why, why, why is there a problem over here? The person doesn't even understand. Meaning the, trans, the transgender person. What's going on in their own system. In the sense of other than feeling overwhelmingly. That they need to be this other gender. That's really what's going on. Why? We don't really know all the whys for that. But they feel that so strongly that they're willing to go through all of this to do it. We, we might want to respect that and take that seriously. Because I guarantee you, I don't know anybody that does that so casually. It's such an enormous life change on so many different levels. Politically, religiously, uh, technically, uh, fashion-wise, uh, monetarily, it's, this stuff isn't free. All of that stuff is, is pretty, it's pretty darn enormous. So... Maybe we don't have to understand it. Maybe we don't even have to appreciate it at times. But we do have to at least have a basic respect of this is that person's journey. Just get the hell out of the way and let them go do that. It's really that simple. I, I don't know why we need to complicate it any more than that. Now, this next category is about disability. One that definitely is close to my heart because some of the stuff here is just unbelievable that, that people still do to this day. Okay? Really. You'll get people, okay, and I'm serious. You'll get people that you'll see or you hear in your life that literally, I won't say the B word. Oh, I, I got no problem with gay people. Hell, transgender, that's great, no problem. But then they got no problem making fun of disability people using all kinds of stupid terminology that is extremely hurtful degrading. And I'm always like, what? So it, it, it's, it's shocking, it really is. All right, so this word has been around probably 100 years. And, and it's, it's really unacceptable for a, a number of major reasons. The first reason is this. And the word is, is, is retard, which is short for retarded. Okay? It's a word that really needs to be exercised from the language. Other than maybe we keep it in the dictionary as some kind of historical artifact. You know? But we don't really need it. Because it's, it's, I find it, it's, not only is it harmful, it's one of those words that that's completely, completely confusing. It's so confusing that it 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 makes the transgender uh, jokes and and, and terminology seem easy to understand, because the word is connected to not just a degrading terminology; it's connected to an entire uh, degrading society. At one point, there was a point in America here, you know, the most advanced country in the world. Okay, where people were just literally uh, born disabled and. Some were left to die. Oh, I can't deal with this person. We'll leave them to die. Only the strong uh, survive. Blah, blah, blah. In some instances, they, they locked them away in the mental institution and never even told anybody. understand the Kennedys actually did that because, you know, God forbid polite society can see somebody have a disabled child. How lovely. This is the Kennedys, by the way. They're supposed to be the paramount of uh, moral wisdom. Okay, we believe that. Lots of families did this, put them in all kinds of homes, uh, Have all kinds of names for them. We now know that not only is the word hateful, and it's actually medically wrong. Because guess what? When a person is disabled, especially when it's something that uh, has to do with the cognitive abilities, something that have to do with the brain, there are all kinds of different levels. We now know about autism and how much of a range that is. I've had somebody here that sent uh, send a poem to Ariel Chardin. That was autistic other than the basic things i have to do as an editor it was no different than anybody else that sent it it was passable and i was happy and that's great yeah they actually sent me a little email you know i'm autistic and uh hope this is going to be okay and i'm like my normal editor self don't really care that's all about the poetry and let's see what we got here worked out just fine very happy to to publish to a, a person that, that, that's a writer that's also an autistic person trying their very best to get better at understanding the world, understanding maybe themselves as well, which I'm sure is really important you know, with autism, and, and, and putting those together so that they can have a long life. Great. Happy to be part of that. But that person probably 100 years ago, oh, he's a retard. That's the kind of things that people would do. Literally reduce somebody to nobody because they're not like you. Because they don't think like you. Because they don't act like you. That's how dangerous that sort of thing is. It, it Not only does it reverse a civil uh, society and civil behavior, but it, it, it literally reduces somebody to just almost nothing. That's why they used to lock them away in, in, into uh, institutions and give them drugs and execute them and all kinds of horrible things. Rape them. Sometimes they were stuck being raped in these places. It's just unbelievable. Never given a chance to do anything. I'm glad that we still have a society here now that's doing its best. Don't get me wrong, it's not like we're there yet on everything. I I understand that we're not. But I also understand that compared to 100 years ago, we are. And we take this stuff more seriously now. Now uh, we will call somebody, when it's necessary, uh, developmentally disabled. Sometimes they say mentally deficient. Obviously it's not as polite or as neutral as, you know, developmentally disabled. I'm not really one as a writer and my own philosophy on the show and in general to use too many terminologies, you know, because I think that we don't want to steer away from from the truth as much as we can. I understand you want to be respectful and and do as much you can to be accurate. But, you know, I don't want to disguise anything either because I don't think it's ever a good idea for a parent or, or for the child that are going through this, you know, to to also be minimalized in the other way. That they're not putting you down too much, but then they just want to like almost like just pretend like you're not, you know, disabled because you are, and that's something that we should acknowledge and then do whatever we can to help accommodate as much as possible, with understanding that people have different levels and different different talents and 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 different abilities. Not and that's the problem with words like that. Words like like "gimp." People use this horrible word, meaning that you know you're walking around like some kind of a strange creature in a circus or something because you, you can't use a leg or an arm correctly. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. People like that have all kinds of lives. You know, it, it's just unbelievable. And I, I find that it's, it's not only incredibly de- degrading, but we lose something as a society when we allow this sort of stuff to continue with these words and the disability especially. Because first... I think when we engage in this behavior, we start becoming less less than human by doing this. Because we're saying they're less than human. In many ways, we're becoming dehumanized as well. Because we're becoming haters without realizing it. And then the second thing is, especially if uh, members of, of various religious communities, well, you're becoming less of who you are when you do that. Because I've never read anything in any religious book at all that said, you know, we need to uh, lock away the handicapped and we need to uh, throw away the key and put them in a dungeon or, you know, they're bad at this and they're horrible at that. None of that stuff is there. It's simply that, that's in our own stupid prejudices and our own fears, but it's not in any of those holy books. So we have no really real religious reason to even try that kind of nonsense. It's simply not there. Anyone else that comes up with something, they're making it up because I know it's not there. Okay? But in many ways, not only do we harm ourselves as people, but in many ways we harm all the benefits that could have came from these folks because we hid them away from the world. We don't know what things they could do, how many discoveries they can make, what kind of beautiful things can they add to people's lives, whether it be the art or music or just being in in a family. And knowing that this person is grateful to be alive and doing whatever they can to... To, to, to fit in. I mean, amazingly enough, they, they're trying to fit into our world. I don't know. Maybe we should just make it their world too. So they don't have to worry about fitting in. Just let it be our world. Them and us together. I don't think that's that difficult to do. If we only just try to put down our fear and our intolerance long enough to try to understand. That somebody is different trying to communicate to us. I know as writers, that's what our job is. Is just try to communicate to the world. Maybe as people, we have to try to understand them when people are trying to communicate to us, and those folks are trying to do that, and we need to do whatever we can to to help in that process, and not not get ourselves involved in that, whether it be a joke or whether it be. I mean, and I I met some people in in the writing world that use this terminology, not even realizing that it's a word that's really been stricken in many ways from from our vocabulary. I mean, you, it's nothing you can ever use. In, in any kind of medical sense anymore, nobody uses this word. It's it's, it's a word from bongar days when they didn't understand what was going on. They're too busy being, 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 uh, just intolerant and and, and and quite frankly idiots that, to use such terminologies because they didn't understand. But now we have a greater understanding of what goes on with this, and, in many cases, um. Not only we benefited from having these folks in our lives and in our communities, but in many ways, we might understand something more about ourselves by understanding how they try to operate in the world, too. It lets us know about the things that we can appreciate. We take so much for granted until you're around somebody that has problems walking, or maybe using their arm, or possibly processing some thoughts that would be normally easy for us. That that we take for granted maybe that makes something uh, to remind us about how we are we are blessed and what we have and how we have to figure out the, the blessings we have that we need to try to do whatever we can to share those with those people as well so that we can make them part of society rather than always the other or the alien or somebody outside and that's what these words do they make people think or feel that they don't belong And I'm telling you that they do belong. Now, uh, the last uh, of this show, and I'm sure this is probably going to take a little while to do, but we're going to go into the N-word. This is not really a word that's talked about on any shows at all, really. Uh, You're certainly never going to hear it on a literary show. I'm not really sure if you're ever going to hear it again after my show is done. Who knows? But guess what? We're going to talk about it because of all the words we talked about, it's the most evil and it's most degrading but in many ways it's become complicated for a lot of silly reasons and we're going to talk about that as well so first let us go over to the basic root of where this came from okay now here we go here now the n-word which we're going to be referring to because we're obviously not going to use the word itself not only is it stricken from my own vocabulary and of course this network but it's a word that should never be used I often wonder if it should even be in the dictionary. That's how incredibly dangerous I feel the word is. Because in the end, even though it's an ethnic slur, yes, and even though it's usually referring to black people, and even though it's descended on a literary basis from the Spanish word negro, which which simply just means black, its true meaning and its true usage was somebody that was not worthy to be human. That's how they actually psychologically processed when they took a man who happens to be black and make him into a slave two, three, four hundred years ago. That's how they did it. This is how Hitler did it when he was able to send people to concentration camps. He tried to condition the society and, of course, his own Nazi uh, helpers. Well, you're not really killing a person. You're really killing a disease. You're really killing an insect. You're really killing like a rat like a, a useless animal. He kept saying that, kept printing that, kept doing that. So that when people got involved in the Holocaust, that's what they were feeling they were doing. I'm removing a threat from my society. I'm removing a disease. Well, this is how the slavers went about it. Went about it. And this is why they used that word because that was their own code about making them feel themselves less guilty about what they're doing. Because I don't care how hard-hearted you are and how, quote, evil you might be, there's always something in there saying... Well, that's a human being it might look different than me but what the hell am i doing and that's why you needed to be able to use those kind of terminologies because it helps a person do something evil if you can make that thing less than human it's the reason why i talk sometimes uh, against technology in some instances why i'm against uh, these uh, these robo sex dolls and, and how much of a, a danger they are to society because again When you start dehumanizing things, you can make other things happen, make it more acceptable. This is what evil needs to do. You need to understand the nature of evil to understand the nature of the N-word. This is what evil needs to do. Evil has an understanding. People always think that evil is dumb. No, evil is very smart. And evil understands that how do I get somebody to do something evil when they're generally a good person? Well, i got to give them an excuse. i got to give them a cover. i got to give them a reason. i got to give them a code word. i got to give them a, a whole ideology. Yeah, they're, they're diseases. They're not human. They're this, they're that. I have to do that in order to get that good person to now finally do something evil. And then after they do the evil thing, now whether they like it or not, they have become evil. See, there's a transition. It's almost like step-by-step step to do something. You know, an alcoholic doesn't come an alcoholic overnight because he had one one or two or three drinks and got drunk and got sick. The next day, he doesn't need alcohol again. Got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it until now, oh my God, I can't stop. It's This is how evil operates on these levels. That's how it changes somebody who might be, quote, slightly prejudiced to now somebody that's doing evil acts. The next thing you know they're spray painting this on the wall. They think they could just say it whenever they want or they don't they don't like a, a a black person for something they said so now they have to use this and somehow, you know, try to ruin him or try to reduce him to nothing. Ridiculous. Now, we have a lot of problems with this word. Because more than the other words, it's used way too much in the arts and in writing. On many levels. And we're going to talk about that. First thing. To this day. Uh, in many educational systems. They're looking, they look to ban. Like Mark Twain's. Uh, Huckleberry Finn. I don't know. Uh, it has a lot of N words in it. Well he was trying to get across. Uh, the, the writer at that time. You know the ridiculousness of slavery. And, and how this prejudice is so dumb. And he, he de-illustrated it brilliantly in the story. But as you can imagine, you know, listening to it a couple hundred years later, it's not an easy thing to hear. And so there's people who have actually banned it. I think there was a, a company that actually tried to remove the word, replace it with something else. And I know there's a lot of people that say, oh my God, that's just a, a version of political correct. Why can't you leave it alone? Some things you can't leave alone. I, I don't really believe that. As much as that's a classic book, and I, don't, I know that Mark Twain meant the best, he was definitely not somebody that was not a bigot at all. He was definitely one of the, the moral highlights. In fact, in many ways, he was a, ahead of his own time on many issues, including that one. So I, there's no doubt about that at all. But yes, I think the book doesn't need to be removed from society or the library, but I don't think there's a problem with, with, with people going in there and just taking that word out and putting something else in. I don't really think we need to hear that 57,000 times to get what the hell he's talking about. Especially when you're in a classroom. Especially when I'm trying to teach my children to stay away from that and understand the evil of that. And then he's like, yeah, we're doing a friend and he just said like 98 times in classroom. That's not really helpful. It it undermines what I'm trying to do. And, And my position on this is the word is evil and it shouldn't be used at all. Period. So, I don't have a problem with a company going in there and exercising that out. Because guess what? I read that. I read the Huck. But I read that, read the book, when they did the substitution, I didn't find anything wrong with it. It didn't mess any me up. I still got the damn story down. Still was interesting. It's still a classic. Who says we can't change that word in that circumstance? We have a good legitimate reason of doing so. There's a moral consequence from using it, and I feel there's a moral consequence from getting rid of it. A good one. So that might be controversial to people out there in the literary world. Oh my God, Mark wants to censor something. I don't want to censor anything. I don't believe the book should be removed from anything. I do do think that it definitely needs to be altered for us to take that into into advisement. And I don't have a problem with that. I think it should be done. Well, Mark, what about Dick Gregory? You know, he wrote a book called The N-Word. That's literally what he did. In fact, he even said, well, enough people are going to use this. I'm going to make some money off of it and, and try to take the word back, try to reduce some power. That used to be uh, uh, one of the old, the old themes that was trying to use back in the 70s. And I respect people trying to say that and, and try to do it that way, including Dick Gregory, who is a brilliant man. Not just as a comedian, but also as, as somebody in, in terms of uh, black politics. And he's actually a pretty darn good writer, too. A great thinker. I heard him speak a number of times. So, always impressed with the man. Don't agree with him on that issue, though. Don't have to. And, and, and I, I don't need to. And and anyone says, well, Mark, you're Italian, so what the hell do you know? I know a great deal. I know a lot about ethnic sirs. <laughs> they were used against me as well, just as much as anybody else, okay? And guess what? Not happy about it. Do my best to make sure I don't return that kind of horrible favor. But as a writer, as a thinker, as a parent, as a father, no. This, this crap it won't continue in my life and, and simply won't. In my children's life because they understand how unacceptable it is. I don't care if I have an entire society that doesn't agree with me. That's too bad. It doesn't make what I'm saying wrong. Because guess what? I believe that I'm seriously right about this. It's a dangerous word. We shouldn't be using it. So God bless Dick Gregory, but don't agree with him. And I don't agree with a number of things that's going on over here right now. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of black people out here that believe that somehow this has to be used. Somehow it's okay for them to use this, and it's not okay for me to use this. And I'm telling you right now on this show, and I'll give you plenty of examples, but I'll make it really clear for you. This way, there's no way you can mistake it. The word should not be used by anybody. It has nothing to do with whether you're black or I'm white. It shouldn't be used at all. But if you want to bring race into it, which is okay to do, well, guess what? My deepest feeling is, my moral conviction is, my religious upbringing is, That if you're black and you use this word, you should be doubly ashamed of even using it. Because you understand what it means. And I don't care if you think you're using it in some casual way. Some artistic way. Uh, This is my brother, but I need to say this word. No. If this is your brother, then why the hell would you want to use that word? A word that only means that a person is not human. A person that's less than human. A person just because they happen to be black, there's something wrong with them. This is what you're saying when you use that word I don't care if you think you're using it in a different way. Somehow you took it back. Some things you can't take back. I don't know if you realize it or not but some things that are evil you can't make good. They're just evil. They're not going to change. Okay? It's like a snake. If you know the the old story about the the, the frog and the snake you know the frog and I'm paraphrasing this but it, it gets to the point real quickly the frog is like yeah, if I befriend this snake, he he won't bite me because he's gonna see that I'm a I'm a I'm a good frog and and, and we'll be cool. He goes over there and the snake bites him. He's friggin' dying. And He's like, "What the hell did you bite me?" And the snake could only tell the truth. I bit you because I'm a snake. Evil is evil. You can't change evil to good. It might be possible. In some instances, to change evil people to good. Some people, there's some conjecture on whether that really can be done or not. But I've seen some cases where it it could be possible. So I, I won't say it's impossible at all. But you can't change evil to good. Evil is evil. That word is evil. It's never going to be good. Under any circumstances, no matter what you use it, no matter how you use it, no matter who you are. So when I turn on a radio station and I hear a rap song, that literally says it 36. I, I, I counted 36 times, okay? And, and I, I stopped counting because it's like, it's going to continue. These are the music I don't let my children listen to. If they don't listen to, to, to rap songs that have, been, that have been altered or censored or the, uh, the clean version or whatever the hell they call that, they're, they're not listening to that kind of nonsense. How is this supposed to be a positive thing? What are you supposed to be doing when you say this dozens and dozens of times in a song? Because you're black that somehow you have permission to say that. I say you don't have the permission. Because it's an evil word. And you're not helping the world. You're not helping your own folks. You're not helping society. God knows you're not helping me trying to raise children. Saying that nonsense. It's evil. You should be the one taking it out of of the damn dictionary. Not me. But I'm going to help do it. Regardless. So we've seen it in writing. And here's some of the instances we've seen in writing where we, we see how nonsensical it is. We already talked a bit about music. It's in it way too much. So this argument about, well, the white rapper used it, and that's really bad, Mark. But uh, the black rapper, it's okay. No, it's bad for all of us. Okay? Next, we've seen it in film. And guess what? We've seen it taken out of film and being used. One of the problems right now with Hollywood and, and in some instances they're being instructed by, by black actors or by other folks who are black that somehow think this is an okay thing. And I'm telling you that it's not an okay thing. I don't care if you're black or if you're an actor or not. That's too bad. Your reasoning on this is ridiculous. And to use it at all in any instances is, it's quite immoral. You're not helping the case on any of this at all by doing this. They use what's called the authentic argument. Well Mark if this is not used in this film or this story or this and that, then we're not really being authentic. If we're not being authentic, I can't really put the black experience out. If I can't put the black experience out, I can't tell the black story. I don't understand, folks, and I don't maybe I, I don't need to be black to understand this, but I don't understand the argument. The black story needs the N word. The black experience has to have the N word in the film or the story or anything, or it's not authentic. Cause this is what's being said of you. If you follow the logic the logic is idiotic. It makes no sense at all. It's almost like let's do this because we want to be controversial and push a film or something because otherwise I don't see any legitimate reason for it. The arguments for rem- are illegitimate. I already heard them all already and I'll tell you them all right now and they're all idiotic. Every single one of them are. Okay? And here's a perfect example of this. You can go and watch this right now if you like. Remember the Titans. This is a film that's produced by Disney in the background, okay? They're they're the ones that actually own and produce the film. Denzel Washington's in this. A real-life story about a black football coach in the middle of the 60s when we're going through all this civil rights stuff. Guess what? That's a perfect time where all kinds of people are going to be using the N-word, okay? This entire film, which is very accurate about everything the man had to deal with, including racism, all through the show, okay? And the consequences of it back and forth. Nobody in that entire movie used their N-word once. Not once. You know why? Because Disney says, I believe this story can be told without having to use the N-word. I believe that somehow we can actually raise up people to the level they need to be raised up, and, and, and the heroic level in this case, on, on this coach with unbelievable amount of society pressure against him, still going out there and being a great coach and winning games and bringing people together in white and black. And even doing it under under the eyes of God, believing that this is also a Christian thing to do as, as much as it is a moral thing to do and an American thing to do. I'm sure there's people listening here that are not Christians, so I'm just telling you, that, that was the nature of that story. Okay, but nevertheless, nothing. No N-word. They found all kinds of clever, legitimate ways, folks, legitimate ways, to infer the racism without having to use awful racist terms. Or at least the N word. Somebody tried to use monkey one time, it didn't work out too well. Just laughed at them, that's stupid, but this shows you the kind of people we're dealing with over here. Black daddy doing this, doing that. I mean, they use all kinds of different terms they could possibly think of without having to use that. You still got this authentic black story about a real black hero, a real time that happened, a real event that happened. Where people learned. The white player literally, from somebody that was deeply prejudiced to somebody that said, This man is my brother. Doesn't mean he has to be from my mother. Doesn't mean anything because we worked hard together. We learned each other's wisdoms, uh, families, and everything. and, And now we actually can go into society together. So many relationships formed. So many incredible stories made. How is that possible? I thought you needed the N-word to be authentic. There you go. Remember the Titans. You'll see plenty of other shows that do the same thing. That have made choices that are different than this. But then we also have shows that made choices on the opposite. And we'll we'll give you the same reasons. Okay? One of the first ones was Luke Cage. Okay? I had to literally stop watching it with my kids. Because I'm like, oh my god, how many times are they going to say the N-word in this thing? I remember reading an interview with the actor and he's like, even my mother's uncomfortable. She's like wondering, why do we got to use this? The producer of the show kept saying, it's going to land authenticity. How the hell can you have a show that's based in Harlem and we're not using the N-word? I go, I don't know, that's, that's a real damn problem. Maybe you should figure that out. Why the hell is it being used in the first place in Harlem, first of all, with all the incredible art and all the incredible, wonderful things that's come out of Harlem? including the Apollo Theater, a historic landmark. And then second of all, why can't you have a show, even in Harlem, where you're not saying that? You got thugs in the show, they have to say the N-word, they can't say other things. They could say M-F, they could say B, they could say all kinds of nonsense. They could use the B-word and everything else to still express some some of the the disconnect they have with the family and society and their own inner turmoil and everything else that's going on, and they have to say the n-word, though, you can easily exercise that out, out of there. But they didn't. They did it because it could make it authentic. Yeah, okay. It just made it a show that I couldn't let my kids watch. That's all the hell it did for me. Because it's idiotic to have that in there. And that's the argument right there that doesn't work. That show. About an important black superhero in the Marvel Marvel Universe doing important work on the show. I love the show, believe it or not. It could have been done without that. It wasn't necessary. It didn't lend any more credence to the story. It didn't lend any more uh, authenticity at all. It's just another lazy way of doing things. Lazy in the moral sense. And that's really what it is. It's a bad argument. It doesn't really work. And I've shown plenty of examples where... You could do something differently. You could take a different road or different choice. You could still get that message out without having to be a complete moron to do it. Because that's what it is. You use the N word, thinking it's something good. Well, you, you just become a moron. That's what you've done. Because you're defeating every damn thing you're trying to say here. People are going to hear something else. Now, I don't believe, and I agree with the community on this, I don't believe that people hear this word a lot and now they suddenly become bigots. Because I don't believe that's the case. But I do say that folks have every right to question the legitimacy of the word in there. And they have every right to question even when folks are talking about civil rights. And they're talking about hate crimes and all this stuff. And they're using this word. A big part of all of that. Do you not see the disconnect there? Because there is. And if you don't think that somehow, some way, you're feeding into that. Well, you're blind and, and you need to wake up as well. You keep telling everybody else they need to wake up. You need to be woke. Well, guess what? We got some folks in the black community. They need to wake up as well. This word should have been gone a long, long time ago. I remember we were talking about this in the 80s. Taking the B word out of rap and taking the N word out of this. The next thing you no know, gangster rap comes and I would go back to it and even worse. Where everybody's degrading themselves in these songs and degrading women. And then you're wondering why... All of these issues are happening in, in society and even sometimes in communities that happen to be predominantly black. How the hell is this making anything healthy doing all this crap? Well, markets business. Yeah, it may be business for a handful of rappers and a couple record studios, but I don't know how the hell any of this money is translating on helping anybody else out. It doesn't do anything. But put down the culture and put down people that don't deserve this kind of nonsense. Because there are plenty of people that say, I don't want to hear this. I shouldn't have to hear this. Why is this legitimate? It's not. One of the more recent examples of this, and I'm flabbergasted to even tell you this, is a show called Atlanta. It's a a recent show that's come out. And literally the black actors said, well, listen, I object that the white producer doesn't want to use the N-word. And they told them the, the moral grounds of why they didn't feel this was necessary. Using the using a different argument, not only feeling that it was authentic to use it, but also objecting to the fact that a white person can even give permission on this. I, I never never heard that before, and literally the actor in this interview is it, it's literally huffing and puffing about. I had to overcome white prejudice so that I can use the N word. You know the word that's prejudice. I don't get it. I, I'm not really sure what your battle is supposed to be. Hmm? To convince a, a white guy. Who's trying to do the moral thing. To not use this damn word in, in, in this show. Because I don't know. Uh, what Only Atlanta uses this word. So I got to use this word. Cause I'm, It's filmed in Atlanta you know. It has to be used. You're saying the wrong thing when you're saying this. It's a bad argument. It's a bad fight. Why the hell would you want to have this fight? I can understand the fight. Of I believe we should have more. Actors who are minority. In artistic projects. I can understand that fight. I don't have a problem with that. Hell, I actually agree with that. But the fight to say, I want to get, Mark, I want to get the most hateful word on the planet. Okay? I want to get this in my show. And, and if a white guy has an objections to it, I got to overcome his objections because, you know, he's just saying that he, it must be a white world that's directing me to do this. Because this is some of the argument he literally said. Literally used the word white world. I don't even know what the hell that's supposed to mean, actually, by the way. So it's ridiculous. Now they're using it. They got the permission to do so. I don't know. Now you're edgy. Now you're authentic. No. You're just another stupid show. That's not going to get anything across. Because you're using this word all over the place. I don't know how this helps anybody. Definitely doesn't help me. Because guess what? That's another show I got to took off my list. I'm not hearing that crap. I'm not having my children near that nonsense. Period. It's not going to get done. They know what the word means. They don't need to be hearing it a million times. To get across the authentic message. The message we should all be getting is, as writers, we do have a responsibility in the words we use. Whether we, we get involved in film, or television, or music, or write articles, or do poems. I've had to reject at least three people on on aerial chart to use the, the N-word. And at least two of them they use the B-word. This is before we had this show. That was quite some time ago. They got mad, of course. Blah, 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 blah. Who are you? Well, I'm, let me see. Uh, I'm the uh, the founder of the magazine. Um, I'm the editor-in-chief. I'm a fellow writer. Probably writing longer than you're living. And I don't believe that this is the proper forum for your stupid word. Because guess what? When you want to use these words, I don't care who you are. Gay, disabled, black, Racial, because, you know, there's a lot of other black slurs too, uh, other slurs out there as well, you know, that people can use. You know, they, they use the the, 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 the the term wetback for, for Mexicans because that's the sweat on their back because they're crossing the border or something. I don't even know Mexicans that use that term. I used to live in Arizona. I never even heard one saying that. But I would be saying something to them as well. What the hell are you using that word for? Are you nuts? But you're not taking anything back when you try to use this word. That's just a crappy rationalization. What you're actually doing is you're putting back power into an evil word. We're putting it, we're trying to put that damn word in the cemetery and you keep bringing it back and back and back in this song and this film and this that and that and that, all the stupid authenticity and it's all crap. Why keep resurrecting a word that should be buried so that we can try to move forward? We can't move forward. When people keep using stupid terminologies. Just keep using dumb stereotypes. I heard Urgent the other day tell me, you know, um, I, I have to be a great student because, you know, Asians are great students, you know. I'm like, really? I'm, I'm Italian. I was a pretty great student, so I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, you know, that's really a positive stereotype, Mark. Stereotypes are stupid. There's no positive or negative. There's dumb. They give you a wrong impression. That's what the N-word does. That's what all these words do. And as writers, we need to be careful about what we say and what we think and what we do that we don't actually play into this nonsense. Writing can be uplifting. Now, I'm, I'm not a saint here. I'm not telling you here that there's not people going to be out there using the, the art and using words in, in, a, in a wrong fashion or even in, 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 in a literary fashion. It's been done before. I'm sure it's going to probably be done again. I'm sure there'll be somebody out there sooner or later going to write a a journalistic article with the N-word in it 49 times to try to make some point and then make a protest out of it when no one wants to do it until people back down. I'm not one of the backing down kind of people. I honestly honestly think eventually we're going to get a handle on this and this word is going to be buried once and for all. But it can't be buried with just people like me or even people in in the literary art world. I mean, we could be part of that and we should be part of that. But I think members of that community ultimately have to just grab this thing and put it to rest. Because it's, it's, it's a word we really should never, ever use. None of us. None of these words really should be used. We should be putting them all to, to rest for sure. Because language is often the very first thing that's heard even in the womb by a fetus. They hear the language, they hear rhythms, sometimes people play music, they say it helps the brain for the fetus on a mathematical level. So language is heard. From the child when it's born, it hears the language. Imagine what we do to children when we're not using the language we should use. What do we do with kids when they're listening to this n-word 50,000 times a day? You think that doesn't have an effect on them? Hmm? Oh, Mark, no, no. They're just taking taking that word over. No. Some things can't be taken over because they're evil. And you can't change evil. You can get evil out of your life and go put it someplace where it belongs, but you can't change it. So let's try to keep that in mind, that if we want a civil behavior from people, we want a civil society it's going to start first with the kind of language we use. And when someone told me, well, Mark, it's really about the heart and the human condition. I'm like, yeah, that, that's all wonderful and, and, and incredibly philosophical. I don't know if I have 17 hours of show to talk to you about those subjects. But guess what? We could talk about the spirit and the soul and the heart and the brain and the character all damn day long. But in the end... If you're not exercising your language to reflect that, then what the hell does it matter? Okay? Martin Luther King never used the N-word. He understood more than anybody else that if he was going to live the character he's talking about, that it was about character and it was not about color, then he was going to use the language that fulfilled that. If he was going to be a pastor, even if he didn't have time to be always operating in a church because he was out there trying to make things happen for, for his people and ultimately for a nation because he literally changed the world himself with all that he did. He understood how important it was of what he wrote. He's a great writer, by the way. But he better be. He had a Ph.D. Better be a great writer. And he was. But he understood how important the language was. He understood how important cadence was. He understood how important that whatever speech he had to make was going to be carried forth he could not afford to have any of that not count. Everything had to count. Well, if we're ever going to exercise this sort of evil from our society, everything we say has to count. We can't say we have a great character, but we're saying the N-word. We can't say we're moral people, and we're putting down people and calling them the the, the retard word. We can't say how tolerant we are, but, you know, the, the gay person that moves next door, oh my God, I can't have them next to me. That's not a moral person. That's not a person of character. That's not a person of wisdom. That's not a person of tolerance. That's certainly not a person that's going to help build a civil society or or even exercise civil behavior. Because it first comes from the language that we use. It all comes from there. Well, Mark, you know, language can be disguised. Yeah, it can be. But it can't be disguised forever. If you have that kind of a heart dark, unforgiving, intolerant. Eventually your fake language is going to give real to the real language and then we'll know who you are. You can't fake it forever. But, if we start changing our language, it starts helping us to change our heart and even eventually change our character. I've known plenty of people that used to be prejudiced against racial groups and have learned that That was an acceptable way of going about things. They learned more about themselves. They learned more about people. They were able to give that nonsense up like a bad habit, like a bad cigarette habit. Boom, stopped. I know people that didn't even realize that they were doing things to the disabled community that was wrong. Even when they thought they were doing things that were right. And said, holy moly, what the hell am I doing? When they understood in the greater context what they were doing was actually damaging and changed that. I've known plenty of men. Myself included and my brother included. I think I mentioned uh, in one of the episodes and I don't mind mentioning it again in a a quick fashion. I had an episode with with my mother. She was a nurse in a hospital. She's a very religious woman and and wanted to take care of people because that's the kind of person she was. All the time. And she had a doctor that was harassing her. It was a doctor from an international... A community that they came visiting to the hospital for a while and for whatever reason he thought he'd, he, could, he could talk to her in, 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 a, in a sexual manner. She blew it off. Danny touched her one day and she came to me and she came to my brother. And there's nothing more humiliating as a son to realize that sometimes you use your own stupid language and you didn't always foster the best environment for women and now your mother is telling you that some doctor is grabbing her ass. There's nothing more to illuminate your life about your own behavior when something like that happens to somebody that you love. Now I've never actually touched somebody in an inappropriate manner at all and I've never said anything like this doctor would have said to my mother but I definitely said stupid things that I'm guilty of, and that I realize, after this event, no, even my brother's like, we can't live that way anymore. Hell no, because, who knows what kind of environment, we would have been building. We don't want our children, to act that way. Especially if they're boys. And God knows, if they're girls, we don't want to look like, a bunch of hypocrites. You know, and we went over to that hospital, and I told the, um, the security guard, who's somebody I knew, I said, you might have to call the police, after I'm done with this guy. But, I'm just letting you know right now, I'm not too worried about that. I'm not worried about you either, but no man's going to be touching my mother's ass, period. And when we talked to this doctor, I mean, this guy, he looked like he was about to just cry and die at the same time. But we made it really clear to him that was going to stop because we didn't really care if we seriously damaged him there and went to jail. We didn't believe as people who were veterans, especially people who were metal-holding veterans, that we'd be convicted by our community... For trying to protect our mother, I'll do what I got to do. I don't care, and that's—I literally made that clear to this man. He never—he never did anything again. Went about whatever tour he had and went back to wherever the hell he came from. You know, even the security guards like, "I'm glad I didn't have to call the police on you." I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna do what I got to do," but as much as that event helped change my mother's life so she don't have to live in that fashion. I know a lot of women do, unfortunately, and they don't say anything. You know, it changed us, too. This happened in the uh, the early 90s when I got out of the service, and I, I it just never occurred to me that I was participating in in, in building that kind of environmental culture and how words really had a a, a deferential uh, uh, meaning and, and effect. You know, and, and my brother and I, we, we, we changed our ways to not be like that kind of a man anymore because... We understood that the difference between us at that time and that doctor, it wasn't too much more the travel to that. Because that's probably how he started off, with the words. Then the suggestions. And then eventually, you know, touching somebody. All of these things unacceptable. All of these things certainly not welcome. So that's why I say that the words are so, so damn important because they really lead us either to the better places of trying to understand people or to the dark places where we think somehow for some reason that we're better or we have a right to, to take to say this or to take that and, and and we don't I'm sure there'll be people writing to me as we speak hell I probably might finish the show and hear something well mark you know you're white or Italian or whatever you want to call yourself and you don't have you could you can write me and say that all you like it doesn't bother me because, yeah, I do have a right to say this. This is how I live. This is what I believe. This is what I've always believed. This is how I raise my children. This is how I, I run my art magazine. Without bigotry. Without hate. Without people giving me a poem saying, Mark, you know, if I could just cut off this anti-Jewish stuff I put in there, you think you can take the poem? Uh, No. Uh, it was no before when you were showing me that you were an anti-Jewish bigot. It's going to be no now when you take it out of there because now I know that you're anti-Jewish bigot. Go figure out some way in your heart that's not being this person and maybe we can talk. So no, this thing is unacceptable. We need to start taking responsibility. I hear a lot of people say, God, I wish we had a leader to do this or God, I wish we had a leader to do that. Why can't you, in your little corner of the world, be that leader? Why? Imagine what we could do if we all start just being the leaders we're supposed to be. Mark, how the hell do I clean this city? Well, it starts one block at a time, maybe even one house at a time, maybe one person at a time. Sweep your damn sidewalk first before you're wondering about your neighbors. Okay? And don't worry about your black neighbors saying this or doing that when you haven't even figured out what the hell you're doing right or wrong in your own life. Okay? Like the Italians used to say... If you say my house is dirty, you better be living in a museum. So, and I got that, and I think you understand what I mean by that. Our job, not only as Americans, and and, and as, as artists, and even as just human beings, is to welcome the people who are different than us, so that we can learn. So that the world can be better. So we're not so damn isolated. We're not always in some corner someplace, you know? I've been in work environments before where I swear to God you probably should have just had two water coolers. One that was called the black water cooler and one that was called the white water cooler. And I'm like in the 1990s going I I thought we were past this crap. Why? This is why we're in this right now. Because we're not past it. We haven't been past it. We passed some laws in the 60s. That's about it. We're not past any damn thing else. But we're not helping ourselves If we tolerate stupid, evil words, we're not helping ourselves if we think somehow that we're going to get into a civil society by burning a building or by stealing from a store. That's not going to work either. Okay? what is going to work? And I don't know if we have the leadership in Washington, D.C., one way or the other to make this work. But like I wrote in my article, we, we need that national reconciliation. We need to be sitting down and talking, trying to figure out what we can do. An artist can be a big part of that. If Hollywood can get off its own lazy moral ass, they can actually be a part of that too. Really communicating with each other about what our desires are, what our needs are, what our fears are. This is what we can do as writers. I think a lot of writers do this every day in many instances, not realizing that that can have an impact. Go be that leader. Because in the end, I think that's what a writer is, is a leader. This is what an artist is. Be that leader. And the way to be that leader is to start seeing things the way they are. Not the way you want them to be, the way they are. See them the way they are first before you figure out what you want to see to do the world to change. Because that's how you're going to find the truth out. You might be surprised by it, but hey, at least it's a starting point. But you can't be an artist and let somebody else think for you. You can't be an artist if you're copying down words from some political platform. Or by some actor who you're never going to meet, who's never going to live the same life you're living, who oftentimes is so disconnected from society, they don't even know half the damn things that are going on. How can they? They live in communities where they don't have to worry about crime. They live in communities where oftentimes they don't even see anybody that looks like them, but they have comments about all these wonderful things that we all have to deal with in life. You might want to consider the sources on these things. Maybe you might want to just talk to somebody on your own level, another poet, another writer. Because these folks are not going to be helpful. But that's how you change the world. By being the leader that you're supposed to be being, by thinking for yourself, by using your own words and not somebody else's. If you can learn to do that, not only are you going to be successful as a writer, you're going to become a better person and you're going to start learning within your own family, within your own block, maybe even within your own city how the things can be also better as well. Yes, it's going to take time for other people to agree or to understand. But you got to start someplace. And the best way to start is by standing your ground. Even if folks don't understand it, even if they think it's a little unusual. Because until people can grasp the truth, which is really what art is about. Remember, art is about ultimately trying to put together in some kind of fiction fashion A way for somebody to find the truth. It's an unusual dichotomy to use fiction to find the truth. That's your job. That's what creativity is supposed to allow you to do. You need to get there. You just need to get there on your own. And you you don't need a protester. You don't need a politician. And you don't need an actor telling you what to think, what to feel, or what to do. You can do this on yourself. You could find your own conclusions. You can even maybe even find your own answers. But what I'm saying to you is that only you can do that. I can encourage you, but I'm not telling you what to think or to do. I'm just telling you that the moment you start copying people's ideas, the moment you start copying their phrases, the moment you start copying their attitudes, you stop being the artist that you're supposed to be. You stop being an individual. You stop being a leader. Because now you become a follower to whatever the hell has just been said. Find what you need to say. Because apparently they found whatever they had to say. And you're going to find more times than not it doesn't hold a lot of weight. Because they just blabbed it out. Try to be popular. Guess what? Being a leader doesn't mean being popular. Being an artist oftentimes is not going to be popular. Being a writer can a lot of people off. But if you could find your truth and you can make some truth out there if you can make a connection out there, that's why art is so worthwhile. And that's how you could roll back evil on your block in society, maybe even that could be dwelling in your own heart. We all have something there. We need to work on beating that back. And that's where I'm going to lead it with you folks. Don't be a follower. Be a leader. God bless, folks. Until next time, I want to thank you very much for episode Evil Words, How They Can Reduce Civil Behavior, episode 146. This is Mark Rossi, Strength to be Human. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.